What's up, Chatter Gang? Welcome to the Chatterstorm podcast. Now that Streets of New Capenna is available to play everywhere, we can share our first impressions of the set. But before we dive in, make sure to follow us on Twitter at ChatterstormPod. And if you want to keep up with the rapidly changing SNC meta, subscribe to our newsletter through the Cindervine for curated content and original insights every week to help you stay on top of your game. And a final quick note from us, all of our content is free, so we hope you love it. And if you do love it, then the best way to support us is to tell a friend to join the Chatter Gang. Now, Streets of Nukapenna has finally released. Uh, as of recording, it has it was released on Friday the 29th of April. And wow, it has been a crazy set that has come out. Uh, tons of new cars, tons of amazing things. Josh, you have, uh, in the last five or so days, what have you been doing in terms of this you know, release? Have you been playing it much? Have you managed to get much Magic Arena in? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> nice. Small life update. Uh, I'm in Thailand at the moment, and Sarah has just come out. Uh, well, actually, about a week ago, uh, Sarah flew out from the UK to visit me, and we're taking a trip through Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the past, um, yeah, pretty much since Friday, since the day that the set came out, um, we have been on the road. So it's been yeah. long nights and spent on buses or, or trains, days spent lugging around all of our luggage in, in the your Thai decks. heat. Um, yeah, all <laughs> of our decks. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've had absolutely no time to play the set yet. Uh, we only settled in about six hours ago. So as of the time that we're recording this, it's half past midnight nearly um <laughs> yeah and yeah it, like we we only settled down uh about six hours ago and we both just crashed we went to sleep and i've woken up to do this podcast sarah's um still asleep uh so yeah. there Which is, is... Why, uh, it's just the two of us today so <laughs> yes a yeah, first in chatterstorm history um <laughs> just myself and josh recording today so mm-hmm. we're here for you guys you know through thick and thin we'll be here for you guys no matter what um and with that said let's get right into exactly what we've been doing the streets of new capenna so josh has been doing nothing (laughs) um but we have taken the time to look into you know what's been going on you know when a set comes out with magic the gathering so much happens within like those first couple of days like tons and tons of changes and and decks come out and yeah we'll get right into a couple of them because I would say we mostly look into standard. Standard is probably probably like the most competitive format that we play, and standard has had a bit of a. It's had a bit of a. You know, it's it's been struck. It's struck gold with Streets of Nukapenna, I think. Oh, you There's think a, so? I think so. I think there's some crazy fun decks out there. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the biggest thing we'll, we'll jump right into this because the biggest thing with the release is Obnixilis. Yeah. Obnixilis, the three mana planeswalker. Um, absolutely busted card. Um, go ahead and take the time to read it if you haven't. I think it's called Obnixilis the Adversary or something. Is that correct? I think it's the Adversary. Um, yeah. Well, should we read it out? Yeah, we can go ahead and read out the card. Do you want to go ahead yeah. and read that one out? Yes. So we've read out Obnixilis before, but we'll do it again. It's one black red for a three loyalty legendary planeswalker, Nixilis. 
It has casualty X, which means as you cast this spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power X. When you do copy the spell, the copy becomes a token. So you get a copy of your Planeswalker. That copy isn't legendary, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so yeah. The abilities on the card, you can add a loyalty counter each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. You can minus two loyalty counters, create a 1-1 red devil token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. And then there is a minus seven target player draws seven card and loses seven life. Yeah. So obviously this the star of... The only important text on this one is the casualty X because... Uh, to, to sort of understand in, in a easier terms, you can sacrifice a creature, copy the Obnixilis that you get, so you can pay three mana and get two Planeswalkers, mm-hmm. which are very, very powerful Planeswalkers. Like, maybe not just by themselves, but it's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous card. There have been some crazy combos coming out. Everyone's playing the card. Everyone's playing some form of black-red, either if it's just black-red by itself or black-red and green, black-red and blue, and black-red and white. Like, everyone just is just playing Obnixilis. And, uh, well, yeah, this is it, right? Like, we saw mm-hmm. Obnixilis spoiled, and we all thought it was strong, definitely mm-hmm. thought it was strong to be able to get two Planeswalkers down on turn three, each with a fair amount of loyalty, mm-hmm. the ability yeah. to uptick. Um, but some people thought, you know, you're sacrificing your board state um, and this and that. Uh, the abilities on this thing are not as strong as other powerful three mana planeswalkers like if you Mm. compare this to really busted examples like teferi time raveler or something more uh recent like kaito kaito shizuki Mm -hmm. um the recipe for a really strong planeswalker is three mana um has the ability to build your board has the ability to give you card advantage and Mm -hmm. then the ultimate doesn't even matter like the yeah uh, it has an ultimate which means your opponent's kind of pressured to keep the planeswalker under control but it it doesn't actually normally even need to be that good yeah um obnixilis is slightly reworked it's not quite this typical recipe of uh card advantage and board state but it kind of is at the same time because the plus Mm -hmm. one doesn't give you a card but it does give your opponent the choice to either discard a card, which is nearly as good as drawing a card mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, or it can drain them for two. And if you're if you've got if you're making two Obnixilis when when you cast this, then you can always downtick one, make a devil, and then mm-hmm. uptick the other and get your drain. And uh, it doesn't sound very powerful, but draining for four life a turn is mm-hmm. a really fast clock. Yeah, the snowball with having multiple ob- obnixili on your battlefield, <laughs> um, it, it snowballs a lot. And so it's it's perfect in those decks where you're playing that kind of mid-rangey, dealing with creatures as they come down and just mm-hmm. taking over the late game. Um, it's the perfect Planeswalker for those decks. And that's what's been, I would say, the most prevalent archetype in Nuka Pena's current standard is yeah. those mid-rangey decks that are just chucking down planeswalkers, dealing with threats, and then just yeah, just winning the end game by you know 
either draining with Obnixilis or getting endless card advantage from Kaitos. And I think uh, the most broken one that I've seen is definitely the Jun deck uh, because of, oh, surprise, surprise, uh, Estika's Chariot. Estika's <laughs> <laughs> yep. Chariot is finally broken, guys. Um, so with Estika's Chariot, there's a very specific interaction with Obnixilis because the Planeswalker that you create if you use the casualty ability is a non-legendary token. And a Seeker's ability allows you to copy that token. So <laughs> with a Seeker and Obnixilis in your deck, you can pump out endless Planeswalkers just by attacking with your 4-4 vehicle. And it's abs- it's an absolute nightmare to deal with. Just mm-hmm. y- y- you just y- you lose it, like straight away. It's it's a nightmare. Your opponent starts getting four, then five of Nixilis, and it's just not fun. So you know it's a crazy thing, uh, crazy combo. And I think I do think Wizards will need to address it because they have a clear cut path of banning a Seeker's Chariot. Right, like that card's been wanted to be banned for a long time in Standard, and it's an old card as well. Like it came out in Kaldheim, which is planning on rotating soon, so they're not selling any kind of packs for it. Um, and mind you, as well, they're definitely not going to ban Obnixilis because Wizards of the Coast are greedy, and they will wait until yeah. they've milked enough packs from it <laughs> before mm-hmm. they ban it. Um, that is the harsh reality of it. Unfortunately, I know lots of people want this card banned straight away. It's just not going to happen, guys. Like, there's too much money with it. There's <laughs> just yeah. too much money involved. Yeah, there's no way that Wizards are going to ban mm-hmm. their, like, brand new Mythic flagship for the mm-hmm. set that is selling packs. Um, it's you, you just have to look at yeah. Oko or, or Omnath. Um, yeah, Uro Every now and then well. we get a card like this. Yeah, every now and then we... Oro is a really bad example. I think that's when Wizards yeah. were at the worst. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I think they are a little bit better now, but uh, yeah, there's no. I, I don't think that mm-hmm. um, Obnixilis is going to be banned. The support cards around him, well, Asika's Chariot being one of them, Asika's Chariot is bannable because whilst it's an mm-hmm. incredibly powerful card, you are right, it's a year old, so it's uh, a Almost little bit now, long yeah. in the tooth. Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit long in the tooth for a Magic the Gathering card that Wizards uses to milk its audience um mm-hmm. and the other uh, major combo piece with uh obnixilis is tenacious underdog which is yes a streets of nuka penna card it's a two mana three two with some upside for sacrificing it which is the perfect curve uh into mm-hmm. obnixilis turn two tenacious underdog turn three um Obnixilis copying it and making two three mana Nixilises. Um, <laughs> yep. And then turn four, a Seeker's Chariot is a really, really strong curve, which puts so much onto the board on turn four. And you've got creatures, planeswalkers, and artifacts, all of which are big threats. Um, mm-hmm. The only card in standard that can deal with all of that is like something like Devastating Mastery, which mm-hmm. is a very difficult spell to cast and it's six mana so if you're Mm -hmm. on the draw against this deck they're gonna get two turns of draining you for four life and making Mm -hmm. more planeswalkers um and attacking you with chariots and it's it's just too Mm -hmm. slow um it's it's way too slow an answer for such a diverse board yeah. Which is what makes the cards so strong. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those cards where it's it's so cheaply costed at three mana, but you can play it at any point in the game. Like you can play it in the late game, and it's like if you slam down an Obnixilus, you're you're doing well. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why things like generally think like answers to these kinds of decks would be something like Thalia, which is in standard. But even in in like even when you slam down a Thalia, you can spend another turn killing the Thalia and and maybe just taking an extra turn late. You're going to be completely fine because you you run things like Meat Hook Massacres in those colors and just just wipe their board. Anything yeah. else you can run all the removal spells, kill spells, um, and you're just you're just chilling, right? You're just chilling with that. So uh, honestly, like best advice uh, for when it comes to arena, like if you if you're going to play a deck, I would I would definitely recommend the Obnix- any kind of Obnixilus deck because. If it is going to get banned, you do get your wild cards refunded for them. So it's mm. always good to like you know play with it while you can, because um, it's it's sort of like an investment if that makes sense. Like you you get to you get to loan the cards if that in a way, and you get your money back for it. So yeah, it's um it's such an interesting thing to see come out. Like how many how many three mana planeswalkers do you think they're, <laughs> they're going to print until they realize maybe they're kind of broken? Yeah, you know, like... it's it's insane to me that <laughs> Quite we've, had, we've had so many incredibly powerful three mana planeswalkers, like format warping three mana planeswalkers. And mm-hmm. so this time Wizards thought, okay, let's do it if, again. <laughs> what if we gave them two planeswalkers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh how Who suggested that? How was that? How was that the solution? <laughs> yeah. And another thing as well, like with the standard sets that we have so currently it's all the sets from kaldheim um there's just no like sideboard planeswalker or anti-planeswalker cards um nothing like an elder spell elder spell would be so perfect for this meta right now um Mm. which is a war of the spark spell so not in standard right now but i think it would cost like a two black or, or one black black or something like that um and you could destroy any number of planeswalkers um and you put twice that amount of loyalty counters on a planeswalker you control. Um, that's that's the kind of card that we'd need. But the closest thing that we have to anti planeswalker or planeswalker hate right now is uh, I think it's called Graf Reaver, which is the two mana three three that that <laughs> yeah. pings a planeswalker for one damage. So yeah, it just takes six turns. It's, that's all you need um, to take down two three ma- three loyalty of Nixilis. It's yeah. fine. Graf Reaver flicker. Is going to be the, <laughs> yeah. the top top meta deck for Street of New Capanna. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so I do think I do think to an extent the one of the things that is going to happen with the format is people are going to learn how to play and how to play against Obnixilus. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not a mechanic we've ever seen before. Uh, there, there's, I mean, you've got like uh, Jace Cunning Castaway, which is a planeswalker that makes copies of itself. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think this is very mechanically unique. Um, mm-hmm. And so a couple of things that I think people are beginning to pick up on are um, you want your original copy of Obnixilis to die most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you want the copy to die, which is not usually the case because mm. copies are more fragile if they, you know, they can get bounced back to hand they and then bounced, they get destroyed. Yeah. So, yeah. Usually with creatures, you want to protect the original creature. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's not the case with Omnixilis because the copy is not legendary. So there's always the potential, if your token copy survives, that you can play an Omnixilis in a future turn and then have three. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Whereas if you keep your original copy, then you legendary rule yourself. Yes, the, the original copy has a lot more restrictions. So mm -hmm. generally, if you're playing the deck and you, you you get the dream of a turn three with two Obnixilis, you'll tend to, you'll, you'll want to make the devil token with the original one because that's a yeah. down tick. So you want to sort of take the loyalty counters away from the original one and then plus with the token copy one, um, mm -hmm. just so you can you can sort of... It, it does goad your opponent into attacking the the bigger Obnixilis. So there, there's some sort of mind games there, I guess, where you can you can try it and keep the original one with more loyalty counters, and that maybe that'll make them be like, oh no, I need to attack this one first. But that's you know that's all situational, and that's something. Generally speaking, you'll want to make sure your token copy stays alive. And the same goes for if you're on the other side and you're fighting against an Obnixilis deck. You got to target that token copy because, as we said, like you can drop another Obnixilis later in the game. They could drop in a Seeker's Chariot, and that's a threat. So, yeah, yeah that's what you'll need to do. You'll want to make sure you target the, uh, the token copy. Yeah, and, and that is just not very intuitive. Like, if you don't think about mm -hmm. it, you usually it's best to leave the yeah. token and take out the original card. Um, but yeah, Obnixilis is slightly different. And I, I do think that it's little things like that uh, which players are going to start to figure out. They're going to start to figure out how best mm -hmm. to play against Ob. Um, and that is going to make it worse um, mm -hmm. as you know yeah. we find tech against it and we figure out how to play against it. Yeah, um, so this is mm. the thing because uh, my prediction for what's going to happen with Streets of Nicopena and this is based on basically how the last like, four or five sets have gone. Um, if if people recall, if if you guys recall, the when when a new set has come out, uh, what tends to happen with standard is that a mid range deck such as the Obnixilis deck, uh, and other examples include things like Storm the Festival um, in the Innistrad standard. Uh, those mid range decks are generally the most fun to play. Uh, like obviously that's an opinionated thing, but most people enjoy playing mid-range decks because you get to play these big flashy new spells and you get to, you know, take away the game in the late game without having to do like a boring combo or anything like that. Yeah. So so generally speaking, mid-range decks tend to be the most played when the set comes out. Mm -hmm. And what I find happens is once people start to settle and the 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 meta game starts to settle, people are like, okay. There's too many mid-range decks. Let's start playing control decks and just counter everything they do and and <laughs> and just win the game there. And obviously with Obnixilis, that's a different thing because countering Obnixilis, even with something like a Spell Pierce, which is legal and standard now, is not as great as you think it would be because the casualty trigger is a cast trigger. So if you counter Obnixilis, they'll still get the token copy if they use their casualty. Um so it's a really, really freaking busted card, huh? Yeah. Um, you can't, you can't get a great counter out of it. Um, but yeah, as I said, what I think will happen with Streets of Nukapenna is control decks will start to counter these decks again because of the card Farewell. Farewell is a was it a Kamigawa card? I think it was a Kamigawa yeah, was. card, mm -hmm. um, which is a six mana Wrath. It's expensive. Uh, and it costs four white white, but I believe it reads something along the lines of exile all the creatures, artifacts, planeswalkers, and enchantments, or something like that. You get to exile everything, um, and that's going to be really really handy. That's going to swing the game around for you guys uh, in the control in the control decks. 
um, well, more or less going to be your answer for it, right? It doesn't hit planeswalkers, actually. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah, it's artifacts, oh, creatures, enchantments, and graveyards. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, it's still, not as great. <laughs> like, it's still relevant, even in the Obnixilis matchup. It mm-hmm. is relevant. You can take out creatures, a Seeker's Chariots, and mm-hmm. take yeah. Tenacious Underdogs from the graveyard. From the graveyards, um, yeah. But yeah, it it still isn't a, a it doesn't hit everything. I think the only no. board wipe that does it is devastating mastery, which it's is due to rotate mastery. out and is even more difficult to cast. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe we'll see what what control decks come up with then, um, because they'll need something to just go over the top of a mid range deck, because uh, mm-hmm. that tends to be the matchup is that control decks generally can do better at the the late game and they can build up the board because the mid-range decks don't tend to do much mid-range decks tend to uh prey on those aggro decks because they they take out those early creatures and they and they could just take away the game at the at the end yeah. sort of you know to the, towards the mid mid game as the as the name would suggest but yeah i control decks tend to have a, a better top end threat so we'll see what that is it could be the whole breacher um was it whole broker horror or something like that mm-hmm. um was that was that banned in standard? I don't think it was. Was it? Hullbreaker it was, it was nerfed in alchemy. Yeah, but it wasn't banned, was it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it was. <laughs> I actually can't remember. I'm, no, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, it feels like I'm starting to get my wires crossed between alchemy. Yeah, and standard, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure standard. it hasn't been banned. Because I know, obviously, divide by zero was definitely banned, but that was also rebalanced in alchemy. So I don't actually know if Hullbreaker was banned. Yeah, you, I don't think it would have been right. Um, I don't think it has been. I, I do think no. we would have known and talked about it if it had been. And I don't. Think yeah. So, no. um, but either way, like whatever they find, whatever the control players find, I think they will get something to bring the control decks into the top meta. Because with Kamigawa, it was the same kind of thing. Uh, and with Innistrad, like once those mid-range decks had sort of died down a bit, things like yeah. of Control started to take the lead and Esper Control and Blue-White Control. So... Uh, oh, and obviously Esper Control has gotten a lot more support in this set as well with the Trilands and a bunch of new Esper tools, things like Rafine, yeah. um, some great counter spells as well. You've got the Casualty counter spell and you've got Spell Pierce as well. So, okay. yeah, we'll see right. so we'll see exactly how it goes. Hear me out here, Sam. Uh-huh. In answer to the Planeswalker heavy meta, mm-hmm. new mechanic, Unproliferate. <laughs> okay where you, yeah it's it's a it's a yeah. uh i guess it would be like a triggered ability or i guess it could be an activated ability like like proliferate is to remove counters to remove repeatedly counters. okay mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing maybe it's something like the uh when you that three mana creature when you play a land you proliferate so maybe something like when you play a land you you Deproliferate. <laughs> yeah. D. Yeah. Unliferate. Conliferate. Conliferate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, um, uh, it could it, it could be a Phyrexian mechanic. I think that that would fit actually. Yeah. Anti planeswalker stuff. That's definitely yeah. kind of the Phyrexians' uh, goal right now. Maybe we'll get like a a completed uh, Obnixilis, and he's anti Obnixilis <laughs> somehow. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, Maybe we're speculating too much here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I, I like at, at the end of the day, like standard is, I guess. So I originally did did think that standard was quite fun because, but maybe that's just because it's like recency bias. I do think you know an obnixilla standard is going to get kind of boring, right? Like if everyone's playing the deck and everyone, the only counter to obnixilus is to play it yourself and try and be on the play. Then well, the other, you know, I think it's. I think I'm leaning towards standard getting stale quickly. It is very yeah. new and exciting at the moment, but yeah. uh, before Nuka Pena came out, you know, mono white was kind of the plague of standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, mono white is the best answer to Obnixilis at the moment because yeah, it is. of that turn to Thalia, which means they, ba- I mean, it basically, even if they answer it, it basically time walks them. Uh, mm-hmm. your opponent like yeah. they have to take an entire they like they have to take an entire turn off of their dream curb to deal with mm-hmm. that thalia so even if they have the answer uh even if they have the meat hook massacre or whatever they do have to spend a turn a whole turn against mono white dealing with that board um mm-hmm. and mono white has even gotten some new tools itself um yeah. So yeah, uh, like Thalia, uh, Mono White, and Taxes, and Aggro being the best deck against Obnixilis, mm. I just can't. I, that can't turn into a good meta. It can't be a good <laughs> meta, no. And it's also like because Mono White did get nerfed in the. I, th- I don't know if it wasn't during Kamigawa or before, but with the Faceless Haven ban, because that one hit standard. Um, mm-hmm. Mono White has a bit less of a late game capability and that ban was definitely needed like mono white was just way too strong with faceless haven but now it begs the question that <laughs> if is it something that needs to be unbanned now to actually combat these obnixilis decks because mono white is the strongest answer and it just it just does not survive with the late game if you once you get to sort of turn five and you haven't killed them if they if they slam a meat hook massacre for three on you you're just you're just losing you're not coming back from that and uh that's just the sad truth of things well and unless you have your uh Faceless Havens. You say that, but there's new tech. Yeah. Um, Mono White has some sweet new tech Ooh. that uh, is is going to help it in exactly those kinds of situations. Uh, and it's unexpected too. Like, it, this is okay. not something that I really saw coming. But uh, I've seen some people talking about Obscura Aggro being a real deck. Obscura Agro, Espa yeah. Agro, <laughs> Espa Agro. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. a boomer with it. I don't like the new names. <laughs> so it's mono white, but it's splashing blue and black for two okay. cards. Okay. Uh, one Rafine scheming seer. <laughs> okay, interesting. Which is uh, yeah, which is uh, it's three mana. It's it's just uh, obscura for yeah. a legendary creature, Sphinx Demon. So it's a one four. It has flying and ward one. Whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking mm. creatures. And connive means you draw X cards, then discard X cards and put a plus one plus one counter on that creature for each non-land card discarded this way. So what Rafine does ah. in the mono white deck, um, he is um, a flying blocker, which is really good in the mirror against things like... Uh, um like he he kind of outsizes a uh elite spellbinder because he's a flying one yeah. four uh for three mana so if you're on the play at least you can just outsize an opponent's elite spellbinder um mm-hmm. 
he has Ward 1, which makes it a little bit more difficult to answer him directly with a kill yeah. spell. Um, and Rafine actually is a lot better than I thought that... Do you know, I'm not sure if it's a he. I think we've had this discussion before. <laughs> yeah. um, Rafine is we'll better than that. I thought because it actually impacts the board as soon as it comes down because mm. Rafine itself does not need to attack. If you attack with two creatures, like you, you on turn three, you slam Rafine, you attack with your um, hopeful initiate and your uh, your two two. Uh, Luminarchus Baron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you swing with both, you get a counter on the initiate, and then you connive two and you put two more counters on your Luminarchus Baron. Then you're swinging for six on mm. turn three. Um, yeah. And so Rafine, like, if you if you manage to, like, if you, if you get a little bit fortunate with what you're able to discard to connive, um, then it can put two to four counters on a creature every turn which mm. is on top of it's it you know, being amount. yeah that's a that's a lot and it's mm -hmm. it's pretty like we it's it's good enough for luminarch aspirant to be an incredibly strong card um rafine sort of fulfills the same role and yeah. most importantly rafine can help you outsize meat hook massacre it really easily yeah yeah having being to pay one six for mana for yeah is huge. Yeah, that means you have to pay six mana for your meat hook massacre. That, mm -hmm. That's enough to survive, I think. So, on yeah, top of that, okay, that's interesting. With Rafine down, the you, you, you're never going to experience mana flood or screw. Mm -hmm. um, like yeah, as, as long as you can so get, much. yeah, as long as you can get to Rafine, um, you're, you're conniving so much that you you, you can just throw like if you, if you can just throw away all the land. And yes, you're not getting the one one counters, but you are drawing more gas. Um, mm. And then the, the second piece of tech is Obscura Interceptor, which is one mm -hmm. and an Obscura, which is a total of four mana. Mm -hmm. For a creature, Cephalid Wizard, it's a 3-1. It has Flash and Lifelink. When Obscura Interceptor enters the battlefield, it connives. When it connives this way, return up to one target spell to its owner's hand. Um, so this is okay. a four mana, 3-1 creature with Flash that the mono white deck can use to bounce a meat hook massacre back to hand on turn four which is brutal yeah. um yeah which is really brutal um and because so like if we took a look at meat hook, meat hook massacre in particular um mm -hmm. if you're on turn four and you're against mono white and they don't play anything uh they've got their rafine down they've got two other creatures down they don't need mm -hmm. to play anything uh, they can just put massive pressure on you on the board. Yeah, and you want to play a board wipe? It's so difficult because you don't know whether you're playing that board wipe into a Wandering Emperor and then, you know, you're left your opponent. Like, you you play your board wipe and then your opponent flashes in a Planeswalker and makes a creature mm -hmm. and then pluses it and starts pressuring you again. Or if yeah. they're going to flash in this and, and counter you. Um, okay. And then they're going to have... Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have four creatures, all of which can attack the next turn. Um, they're going to be swinging for, after that swing for six on turn three, when Rafine came down, that next turn they're going to be swinging for ten, plus they'll <laughs> connive yeah. four, so potentially that's 14. That's just lethal. It's a lot of damage, damn. Okay, that has sparked a bit of interest in, uh, 
Well, I'm, 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 I like mono white a lot, so maybe I might have <laughs> yeah. to. Well, might so have to obscure, that, yeah. So obscure aggro is sounding like a real deck, and it's. Uh, I, I think that's. I don't know. I, th- I think it sounds yeah, that's, cool. That's crazy. It's a very different direction for Esper to go in. Yeah, um, I don't think Esper's got aggro for like the past five years. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But every Esper, Esper deck I've known. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I think like the last deck that I can think of that I don't even think this counts as aggro, but I remember when Esper Hero was a thing, which is uh, Hero yeah. of Precinct 1. Mm-hmm. And that was a two mana creature that makes a 1-1 token every time you cast a multicolored spell. So yeah. the theme of the deck would be to slam that down and then just play a bunch of control staples like the Teferi 3 and uh, just three mana threats and, and multicolored spells just to control the board while gumming it up as well. Um, yeah. That's kind of the closest thing I can think of to like an actual <laughs> dealing combat damage deck with Esper. So <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to see that kind of uh, deck in action. Um, so I mean, that's a wicked matchup, right? You know, you've got Rivet Tears versus Obscura. Maybe they are the <laughs> the two most powerful ones. How interesting! And I, I think that what these two different types of decks, like uh, the Obnixilis mid range decks and these Obscura Outgrow decks, what these what this mm-hmm. really shows, I think, is that secretly the most impactful card that's been printed is the triome cycle oh absolutely yeah the triome cycle has been so so good yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, they've enabled uh... so much more it's Mm -hmm. uh it's it's pretty yeah i think that it's easy to kind of forget that they're there but these decks i think would really struggle if those lands were not if available the and they are really Absolutely, really strong yeah. lands mm-hmm. yeah because because the the most sort of i guess like i think that the, the best lands prior to the tri lands were, were probably the pathways and the biggest drawback with the pathways is that they don't tap for like you, you can't you can only tap them for one color once you play them um which does make it hard to play molly colors because you know you have to draw the right pathway you have to rely on you have to play your, your pathways correctly otherwise you'll you'll you have to sequence it correctly um but you know these trial lands tap and throw for any of the three colors so powerful uh, yeah. really nice crafts definitely worth crafting those just to open up your deck choices um if you wanted to play whatever you wanted uh yeah no i agree the, the trial lands are trial lands are pretty busted yeah they were busted yeah. when they were printed in Aquaria. they're they're incredibly mm-hmm. safe crafts now um yeah. yeah they're just they're really good lands we do love lands yeah okay so yeah that's really cool to see i hadn't actually seen that deck josh uh thanks for bringing that to my attention i'm definitely gonna <laughs> have to look into that one. Oh, um, what have i done what have you done <laughs> <laughs> so what what what's interesting to me then is the when we spoke about the um the five uh house leaders uh you know we've got rafine jetmir ziatora etc etc um i don't think we predicted rafine would be that good did we no we didn't I, we i think we no. distinctly thought that he was the weakest the weakest one but i uh, you know we haven't it's seen any jetmir decks we haven't seen any <laughs> we've seen some xander reanimator decks but you know no one likes reanimator so late. I, I like reanimator i just think it's <laughs> yeah, never very it's, good really yeah it's, it's, so, it's like, always fun it's never good yeah, like you spend the first four or five turns of the game putting your Jingataxius and your huge and your Xanders and your huge creatures into the graveyard. And it's just so obvious yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's usually quite easy to answer. Yeah, it's a very telegraph deck, unfortunately. But uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Rafine, how interesting. A, a counter to the, the scourge that is Obnixilus. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it just kind of does it all. It protects itself. It can mm-hmm. help your all creatures outsize big threats. Um, it dodges it um, the gas. Like if you it think it dodges opponent... things like Blood Chief's Thirst as well. Yes, it does. A, yeah, mm-hmm. not not entirely dodges, but if they're spending, they would have to spend six mana, no, no, five mana to uh, Blood Chief's Thirst it, and that's just not good enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> just not good <laughs> enough. So, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to craft that deck. <laughs> are there any other cards that you are looking forward to testing out to see where they fit into standard? Mm, so, um, unfortunately, like from what I've seen, Streets of Nukapena hasn't actually brought a whole lot to my attention when it comes to standard. I think it genuinely was just like Obnixilis and then answers to Obnixilis. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much what the set's been to me. Nothing else has really kind of sparked a deck building interest. What about you, Josh? Anything you've sort of picked out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you a few cards. You tell me what deck you think I might be thinking of. Okay, okay, go ahead. One of them is Make Disappear. Uh, it's one in a blue for an instant with casualty one. Counter target oh, yeah. spell counter unless spell. its controller pays two. Um, so okay. it's a two mana counter spell that can be a two mana counter spell unless they pay four, which is basically a hard counter spell. Close mm-hmm. enough. Pretty, uh, it's a pretty with, good one, yeah. With casualty one, um, but even without that, I mean, it's quench with upside, and quench was playable. So before I answer the question, I have a quick question of my own. Does that uh, when you when you cast the casualty one, do you target a different spell, or can you target the same? Like, do you have to target the same spell? You because... can you can it can be two different targets. So that's really interesting because that could mm-hmm. also be really good against the Obnixilis decks because you can yes. count both of the the Obnixilis. But of course, they'd only have to pay two for each one. So in a late game, it's not as great. But it does help you with the turn turn three Obnixilis. Um, so that's an it interesting does. little thing there. Yeah, it's a um, difficult setup because you it is you difficult much, to set up. Like, yeah, yeah, you pretty much if you're on the draw, you need a turn one creature. And then you need mm. to hold up turn two, make disappear. Um, you do, yeah. And if they don't play the Obnixilis, you're really sad. But it, well, this can <laughs> yeah. actually this can counter anything that they bring down. No, um, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm assuming you're, you're thinking about Delver with that one, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking about Delver in general. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that Pen has given us a few new tools Delver. for Delver. And I really, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm just being. Uh, like sentimental, but I think that Delver <laughs> is a small push away from being a really busted tempo deck. It's um, it's a really fun card. I absolutely love Delver of Secrets, mm-hmm. and I just there's so much like you know it's a very like legendary card. You know, it's got so much history behind it. It's played in like vintage and and yeah. pauper, it's, and it's, it's got a... to be good enough for standard. Yeah, like, it has to be. Um, it just doesn't and... have the support yet, but maybe it will soon. Maybe it will, maybe it does now. Time. Because Maybe we've got, yeah, we've got some good counter spells. We've also got an offer you can't refuse, which is a single blue counter target non creature spell. Its controller creates two treasures. Which okay, if there is going to be a deck where that downside isn't as bad, it's going to be a maybe it's going to be a tempo deck where you can keep having answers. 
Mm. Um, although these two treasures distinctly make your other spells like make disappear a lot worse. Yeah, um, they would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure, but I do think that there's maybe there's there's a place for an offer you can't refuse. Um, mm-hmm. Slip out the back too. Single blue for an instant. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. It phases out. Um, okay. That's real good. I think like for protecting your Delver of secrets, your threats, yeah. um, your suspicious stowaway, but also for just clearing a blocker to find mm. lethal. Um, like it's a one mana instant. I, I think that this is definitely yeah. w- worth thinking about. It- sort of has similar applications to fading hope in that sense it, yeah it does yeah, yeah. It, it's similar to um you see a guard approach is is the way i see it from um adventures of the forgotten mm-hmm. realm um, yeah. which i think was tap target creature or a creature you control gets hex proof okay yeah um, i think that's what you see a guard approach yeah, it's a bit does. more modal, yeah yeah this does a similar thing you can play it to advance and pr- to protect and develop one of your threats um mm. Or you can play it on an opponent's creature just to phase it out and uh, uh, yeah. and, and find lethal. You can phase out... Um, I think you can phase out a something like a Tenacious Underdog on turn two to prevent somebody from copying an Obnixilis. Oh, I don't know. I but don't that... know if you'd be able to do that because... Oh, wait, no, you would, yeah. Because if it's on turn two, they can't Obnixilis straight away. <laughs> but, yeah. but if it's... Um... Yeah, as soon as Obnixilis is on the stack, I think you get to sacrifice because it's. I was, was going to say, like, you'd have to do it. Yeah, you'd have to wait until their turn three and then, like, do it on their upkeep or something. Um, yeah, before they. It's a bit, bef- bit rough. Yeah, before yeah. they put Obnixilis on the stack, <laughs> which is rough. And then, um, you know, the best case scenario is that their creature phases back in with a 1 1 counter <laughs> on it. Yeah, which it's a 4 3. Not good that early in the game. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that there's something there. I think that these three cards, yeah. these two counter spells and slip out the back are more tools for Delver. And as mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're close to yeah, finding the Delver there. list that, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that is supported enough that it works, like has enough cheap interaction to find wins most of the time before the uh, like tempo downsides, like putting mm. a 1-1 counter on your opponent's creatures, giving them two treasures. These are all tempo downsides uh, but i yeah. think that maybe the deck can be fast enough and have enough answers to find a win before those become relevant um and that's what's potentially make the yeah. deck i've always thought with delver because because it's it's just so bizarre how how uh how powerless it is in standard sometimes but then it's a vintage playable card and it's played in a bunch yeah. of those decks and the reason is because it, it just has so much more support like you can you can support a three two flyer much easier, whereas in this in the standard there's just not I just, there's just not enough support against things like Meat Hook Massacre and other like three one flyers like Elite Spellbinder like you just mm-hmm. you just deal with Delver quite easily unfortunately and yeah so yeah it'd be nice to see Delver kind of drift, drifting into that that slot in the meta where it can it could just be a more supported card um so yeah it'll be it'll be good to see that. Uh, but yeah, no, that that pretty much covers you know, everything standard so far. Uh, it's it's really exciting to play uh, as this, as you know, bunch of new decks coming out. One of my favorite sort of non powerful uh, or, or not top tier, I would say, but a very powerful deck so far is the Angels deck. Um, we've got yeah. the 
the new angel card which is just absolutely insane by the way um that is giada font of hope or something i can't mm-hmm. remember yeah font of hope um, i think that's right two mana two two legendary creature it costs one in a white and it's a flying vigilance creature as well which is well, off the bat that is nuts right like a two 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 for two mana flying vigilance and its abilities read along the lines of uh, each angel you, you control that uh, each angel that you have that enters the battlefield uh, enters with a plus one plus one counter for each other angel you control so the more angels you play the more counters they'll enter with yeah um, really really interesting uh, a really powerful card and as well it has the ability to tap for one white mana to cast an angel spell um, pairing that with vigilance you can obviously slam it down attack with it and then mm. use its mana ability so uh, really, really sweet card, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of angels in standard. You can definitely build an angel tribal deck. Um, it's I think it's mostly being played in explorer and historic, just because the the angel support or tribal support in those uh, formats are way higher. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I I I really like the design of the card. It's 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 super broken. <laughs> yeah, it simply. is right. Like uh, evasion, vigilance on a mana dork, uh, a cheap mana dork <laughs> ramp. Yeah. And it's just, you know, this, this secondary tribal ability, like it's very narrow. It's, it's because it's only good with angels, but this is a really strong card. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, like I, the way I, the the reason I evaluated it so high or or value it so highly is because I pulled it in a limited, uh, limited deck Mm. where I drafted, I think I drafted five angels, (laughs) um, which is quite a lot for limited. Uh, I drafted Giada and, I think like four celestial regulators or something, which is pretty lucky. Um, But that was enough to like put the deck over the top because I just slammed her down as a two, two vigilance flyer without any of her other abilities. That's so good in limited, Uh, a two mana, two, two flying vigilance creature in limited. That would be enough to like first pick her. But Mm -hmm. the other abilities just, they just steamroll because I slammed down a regulator on turn three. I don't have to worry about drawing a land for it either because I can attack with Giada and then slam it down with the two mana that I used to cast Giada because she yeah. makes one herself. It's really, really powerful. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely one to look out for. Um, and a very fun deck as well. Angel Tribal is mm-hmm. a very fun deck. You know, you're gaining life, you're playing some huge beaters, flying beaters, and uh, yeah, really cool card. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all we've got for Standard today and for this podcast. We really appreciate you listening, especially on this episode where energy levels are a little bit lower because of circumstances, but we're mm-hmm. still here for you guys, so it's all good. Um, once again, if you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is to share it with your friends who like Magic the Gathering, and we'd also love it if you tweeted us at ChatterstormPod. And if you want to find us online, uh, I am at SultanJosh21 on Twitter. And Sam is at Sam Farouk. That's F-A-R-O-O-Q-U-E. And if you want to follow Sarah, it's... I don't know what Sarah's handle is. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's on Chatterstorm somewhere. You'll find it on Chatterstorm. Um, And, of course, check out the description for links to our newsletter, our Twitter. Everything that you need is in there. Mm Mm-hmm. The newsletter is definitely going to be one to pay attention to because we're going to be covering all of the standard changes and they are going to happen so fast, guys. You won't believe yeah. how fast standard changes when a set comes out. Like it, it will it will take like a week and then there's already a top meta deck. And then the week after, there's going to be a brand new top meta deck. 
like that's just mm-hmm. how it goes so definitely check it out and keep up to date with it so thank you very much for listening in and we'll catch you guys same place next time next week bye bye guys Hey guys, it's Sarah. I'm now awake and editing, so I thought I'd jump on to say that if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, it's sarahspace22, seeing as they couldn't be bothered to look it up, although at least they were both conscious for the episode.